Hi, I'm James Schilling Law, and I'm here in Malta still, and I'm here with Liam Gauci, who is the director of a new museum upcoming called the Malta Maritime Museum. And if you know Malta, Malta is surrounded by water, so obviously there's a lot of history to come. We're going to talk to Liam about this museum and also a little bit about Maltese history because he knows a lot. He's a historian, and uh, we're going to find out about all that and more on Insider Travel Report. Now, Liam, first of all, uh, great to meet you. We, we, we have a new shared love of football, I yes. think. Is that so? we, we, could, we could talk about football for hours, but we're not here to talk Same about football. Fo we could talk about football yeah. if we want. Uh, but we want to talk today about history and about this particular museum. Uh, now, this museum right now, honestly, is not open yet. When is it supposed to open? So, um, uh, by the end of 2023, we will be open. Um, as a museum, we've been closed for three years since COVID. Um, uh, and we decided to, to re-inject new life into, into our story. Um, and, and so we are slowly but surely going to, to not retell the story, but tell our old story in a, in a new way. Um, and that new way is um, the story of the Maltese people. Living. So, so it is the Mal story of the history of Maltese people, which is really intricately entwined with the sea, right? The sea. Indeed, uh, even the building itself. So, so what is this building? The building itself, well, we are on the site of the arsenal of the Order of St. John. Uh, I, I dragged the, I, the, I, I the Knights in, of St. John. I, I sneaked in a bit of football banter there. <laughs> um, however, the Knights of St. John were building ships on this site then, um, and it was called the arsenal, um, where, where the galleys around 150 foot uh, boat, uh, not the metric system. It's it's it it, it was um, these these warships were being built on site to sail out of the uh, out of Malta to capture everything and anything that belonged to the Ottoman Empire, mm -hmm. drag it back to Malta and sell it off to Europe. Right. Uh, then, when uh, the British Navy was invited over to Malta, uh, this was after Napoleon. Right? Yes, after Napoleon, and we'll we'll get to him very very soon. Uh, that course can upstart. Um, uh, the, 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 the British Navy decided that they should topple down the arsenal and build a bakery to bake around 6,000 loaves of bread a day. Wow, so this was, we're, we're, we're baking bread here, right? Yes, we're baking bread um, and, and the museum is, is the formal Royal Naval Bakery, which was in operation until 1979. So then this was all through the war. Was it hurt by the war? Yes, we had a lot of direct hits. In fact, we are still restoring them. This was the most bombed place on earth um, during the Second World War. More bombs fell on Malta than they fell on London. Um, uh, why? Because we are strategically placed in the Mediterranean and we were a bit of a, let's say, a, 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 a dagger in the back of Rommel and his Africa Corps um, because no fuel, no supplies were going to North Africa because in Malta there was a small band of submariners um, sailing out beneath the waves uh, to sink all the convoys uh, being directed to Rommel in North Africa. And in fact, you, Malta never fell to the Germans. It was always a British colony here, right? Yes. Um, it, 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 in fact, we are very pr we proudly have that symbol on our flag. Uh, we've got the George Cross, um, which was um, presented to the island as a nation for 
bravery uh, during during the Second World War. It was it was a dark time, uh, but um, I think we are very proud of of what happened during the Second World War. Now let's talk a little bit about so in, and then it was a bakery and then it fell into the the British left yes. eventually and then Malta was independent. So what has it been since then? When did it become a museum? In 1992, uh, the museum was opened. Uh, and and we started slowly but surely um, creating a collection because our collection as a national collection uh, we have had a museum on the island since the 17th century mm. uh, but obviously back then it was creating a cabinet of curiosities and then slowly but surely in the very um, uh, late 19th century um, uh, the government of Malta uh, in conjunction with the British created the museums department so a ministry dedicated to museums mm -hmm. and this ministry started to create the fine arts museum the museum of archaeology uh, the palace of the inquisitor um, we had the, the, our temples both in, in malta and in gozo uh, the citadel um, so all these museums were starting to open and there was no maritime museum until the 90s and it was quite ironic we're an island we should have a maritime you museum have, I mean, you had history with the british navy with navies before that yep. all kinds of things going on so now uh, what what did the museum have at that time that you're changing in the way you're presenting it so it is first of all we we need we we have realized that we need to tell a story of a people in the middle of the mediterranean mm -hmm. it's not the story of when the knights were here it's not the story when the french were here mm -hmm. it's a story of what the interaction was on the island and and just to give you a, a, a little example for example uh, or a little example for example okay. um uh, we'll, we'll give you an example of the very early 19th century um i'm sure you've heard the the royal uh, not the royal the the u.s marines anthem from the thrones of Mont uh, to, to the halls of Tripoli yeah. to, yes and uh, the shores of Tripoli refer to a little moment when the US Navy was operating from Malta with Maltese sailors and American sailors under the command of the cater um, to attack Tripoli where the Barbary Corsairs were uh, were based right. and the USS Philadelphia that lovely story of when it was captured and then retaken and burnt um, in the in the harbor of Tripoli that was actually done by American sailors operating from Malta from Malta I, from Malta. See, I, I know where they were operating I didn't know they were operating from Malta though yes and you know a little fun fact we actually for example in our museum we're going to be talking about this episode we're going to be talking about what uniforms these sailors were having and we actually have the letters of the American consul in Malta writing back to, to obviously, to the US government back then. And we actually know what was being served to Decatur when he was on shore. And we can tell you, for example, that he was eating stuffed Maltese rabbit um, with... As one does. As one does. <laughs> yes, um, because there's not a lot of game on the island, but rabbit is our, I would call it our national dish. We love our rabbit. Um, it was stuffed with chestnuts and cranberries which are surely not found in Malta, but being imported. And no wonder he won then. Yes, no wonder. <laughs> he, he had a good full belly or full of, of stuffed rabbit and Madeira wine. So, so that, that, that's well, not... Well, that's amazing. That kind of story is really, I mean, it certainly connects with Americans uh, because of that. I mean, we, it's, a, it's a period of our history that a lot of Americans don't remember well, uh, but now it'll be here in this museum. So that's your idea is to, to really bring the history of not just any of the people that had to do with Malta, obviously the British, 
British were here. We talked briefly. Napoleon was here for yes, a couple Napoleon of years. Napoleon was here. Um, so Napoleon came o over to Malta for a weekend break um, on his way to Egypt. Right. So the whole idea was, listen, Napoleon, first of all, had a system of creating an army and, and, and supplying his army with money and food from plunder. That's all. That's what he did in Italy. Um, he did it brilliantly. Um, and that's what he did on his way to Egypt. He captured Malta because three quarters of the knights were French. Uh, just to give you an idea, there wasn't a lot of bloodshed when Napoleon captured the island because the secretary to the Grand Master, the Prince of Malta, was actually a spy for Napoleon. And when Napoleon left, he turned him into the first Maltese president um, because the, the French gave the island a constitution. Not a very good one at that, but they gave a constitution to the island. Uh, Napoleon was here, um, left all the way to Egypt, where where he went trying to mimic what Alexander the Great was doing. Right. He failed. Um, and for two years, the French were in Malta. But after three months, there was a civil war on the island. Mm. And 20,000 people died um, fighting against the French. Um, and it was at this point where the Maltese actually wrote a constitution on the lines of the American constitution. Mm. Why? Because there were Maltese living in America at the time. Um, just to give you a couple of Corsairs who were working with, with um, George Washington during the Seven Years' War. He was still uh, pro-British back then. Um, uh, but yeah, early on. Yeah, right. Very, very early on. Um, however, just to give you an idea, you've all heard of the Liberty Bell yeah. in Philadelphia, cast by Pass and Stowe. Uh, Pass is actually John Patch from Malta. Really? I didn't know I did. He's a Maltese migrant so uh, in America. This is part of the, the, the story you'll tell in this museum, as well as there's so much more. We're talking about Napoleon. There's the long, obviously, the long history of the, the Knights of St. John, or yes. we call them the Knights of Malta. Exactly. Uh, and then, then we had the, the British who were here for ever since, because then the British were invited after Napoleon, right, to come yes. in. And they're more than happy to do so. Very happy to do so, um, because, listen, the Maltese are a nation of shopkeepers. Now, when the French were here, and we were trying to sell our produce, or things that we, our ill-gotten gains from corsairing, um, like coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg, which we captured from the Ottomans, brought here and then sell off to Europe. If we went out with our merchant ships with the tricolor, Nelson was going to capture the whole thing. Mm. But if you get the British, the whole French fleet was at the bottom of Abukir Abu Bay in Egypt. Mm. And so, well, I think the British were a, a, a better um, solution for the Maltese merchants, and they begged Nelson um, and the Band of Brothers to come here um, and to take over Malta. In fact, the first democratically elected Maltese president was a Royal Navy captain really? called Alexander Ball. Okay. We're a very peculiar bunch. <laughs> that is, that is, it's amazing history, and you get that all here. Now, to tell us, situate where we are, where this museum is, because that's also interesting, because we're in the original part of this this area i mean we we th keep talking about valletta which is actually across the bay and this place is called what Birgu. um so so valletta is the new capital city built in around 1566. Right. we are in Birgu, which dates probably back to phoenician times we are talking about close to 600 to 800. they were they were pretty good sailors too very good sailors but around 600 to 800 bc right. so so this is this is how old our 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 air this area is um, and any any anywhere you look 
you're going to see history. We're talking about underwater. We're talking about so just to give you an idea. Um, there's there's we are at uh, a quayside where um, uh, we have evidence that Roman ships were were here, Phoenicians, as I said. Um, then in medieval times, Spanish ships, Aragonese, Catalan ships were here, um, Angevins. This is this is the place um, and. And that, now we just have super yachts out there. Yes, <laughs> just below the super yachts, we were allowed to excavate underwater in only five cubic meters, and we found a thousand objects. Wow. Five cubic meters. So let alone uh, what, what one would find if we were able to, to excavate. But this is one of the most active harbors in the Mediterranean. There's no way where they're going to close the harbor for me to excavate. And then also, <laughs> those, of, those of you who will eventually send your clients over here on cruise ships, uh, it is a huge cruise port too. Uh, yes. In fact, one of the biggest ships in the world is just a, a few meters away, uh, one of the MSC ships. Yes. And, and you'll get a lot of other vessels coming in here. In fact, there are at least two others in here. Uh, and so you're going to find Malta as being a cruise port, and then when you come here, you're going to find out all this history you have to come back and learn even more about. And that's a time when, well, hopefully, if you come here, uh, send your clients here for the cruise, you'll you'll come to Liam's museum when it's open yes. uh, and hear more about it and hear all about this. And actually, I came here by boat myself. Uh, they they don't have gondolas here, but they have another kind of craft, right? Yeah, we call it the Daisa, the Maltese, the Maltese Daisa. Again, uh, we have a Semitic language. Um, and even even the irony of, of, of having wooden boats in Malta is there are no trees in Malta. Um, so even if you were, when you were on the gondola, we still call it gondola on the Daisa, you can see that it's thin wood. Right. It's very thin wood because you need to be very economical in your wood. Um, but well, no, there, as you said, there are no trees. It's amazing. Uh, I was all across the island. I didn't see any tree, very few trees at no, all. There are, there are no trees because this is the Mediterranean. It's Garig uh, and all that. But um, through that, um, with these limitations, we created this little nation state in the middle of the Mediterranean. Which has now is, is independent, it's a member with the EU, yes. they, they use the euro, uh, but it is, as you said, it, it's, it's a, a, a Semitic language, but it is Rome, uh, uh, the Roman alphabet, sort of, the Latin alphabet, and, and interesting, in fact, you told me the other day, that you're all Catholic here, but you refer to God as Allah. Yes, um, because, and that is that is the beauty of, of, of being on the frontier of Europe. We are on the edge of Europe. So we were, um, let's say, um, we lending our, our, our culture, our nation was getting a little bit from here, a little bit from there. You know, we, we, we just to give you an idea uh, and to, to, sh to show you how, how, how complex we are. When the Knights of St. John arrived here in 1530, that's around 500 years ago, um, uh, the Grand Master or the, the, the Prince of the Order of St. John was invited by the local noblemen to Imdina, which was the old capital city. And so there were these huge festivities and we are about to, to welcome the new ruler of the island. And they gave him the keys to Imdina and the pasta machine. Just to remind the Frenchman um, who was Lille Adam that we're very, very Sicilian when it comes to our food. Um, because pasta, um, uh, well, it's, it's Mediterranean. You'll find it in Tunisia, you'll find it in Libya, uh, you'll find it in Sicily. Not in North Italy during the, the, um, yeah, the, no. the very early 16th century. And so it was all these little details um, that indicate of um, a peculiar bunch of people living on, on, on this rock, which 
today um, I call home. No, it is amazing. So you see this this mix of cultures and and places that it really is fascinating. Make this island, these islands, I should say, this this archipelago of islands, uh, so fascinating and so much to see. And you walk around the streets of Valletta. You walk around the streets here, and it's an amazing place. Uh, it was a city of arts and culture, I believe, at one time. Yes, it's UNESCO, all kinds of things. So there's a lot of things. And I started this trip. I was up. Uh, it uh, uh, some temples that date from 3500 BC, which is incredible. And back then. So people were using the sea to get here and going all over the place. And so now your, your museum is going to sort of reflect a lot of that, right? Yes, we need to tell that story. We need to tell a story of 6000 BC until yesterday. And that is what we hope to achieve. It's not going to be easy. And I'm not sure how we're going to manage to do it, but we're going to give it a very, very, we're going to give it our best. Absolutely. Well, listen, and where is there a website that we can go to to see the progress and what's going on? Yes, heritagemalta.org. HeritageMalta.org, you'll learn about the process. I believe you're going to have sort of a teaser exhibition later this yes. year. Yes, a teaser next exhibition. Year, next, year, next year, pretty much, you're going to have a reopening, hopefully, right? Yes, it, it's, it's a slow process, but very importantly, anybody who wants to come to the museum, we've got a very, very special um, arm of the museum, which is we recreate the foods that were eaten in Malta all throughout the ages. Wow. So you can come here and you eat what was eaten um, 3,000 years ago at the temples in Gozo. Okay. Or else you can be eating what the, the grandmaster of Malta was, was eating uh, for his Christmas dinner in 1797, or what Napoleon was eating, or um, what the, the British soldiers were eating just before um, op um, uh, Operation Husky, um, around, two, around 75 years ago. So we try to tell that story through taste, and we're calling it Taste History. And, and we actually um, get groups over to experience Malta in a different way, through yeah. taste. Well, I do hope I could come up and hear what the American Admiral was, was eating before he, he stormed the shores of Tripoli. Uh, yes, that, that's, that's, as I said, we, we've got a lot of information about that. Absolutely. Well, Liam, it's been fascinating to speak with you. I got to come back when you're 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 getting done next year. Yes, uh, hopefully, it'll be a I'll be pleasure to have you over. Well, and we can go do another interview then and see what you have here. It's going to be a fascinating museum. Going to be a great place for uh, your clients to come and also right now come over and, and have a little feast uh, to begin with now. And then you can take you know the boats over here and from Valletta and it's an amazing amazing place. Again, Liam, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with. Me. A pleasure. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Reporting.